Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Well, here we are at the end of another series, and it has been a really fun series. We've enjoyed, we cranked it up with a baptism Sunday at the end of January and went through February uh, and had just so much fun talking about relationships and relationships matter. And today I wanna, I wanna answer the question that I think is on everybody's like tips of their tongue when we talk about relationships because we realize if you don't now, yes, relationships matter. Like is there anything in your life that you have relationships with that's not in the process of either changing you or you're changing it. Relationships matter. But here's the question I think most people think. Mickey, this has been fun. This has been great. And last week with, you know, having Dr. Lamb here, that was awesome. Uh, And it was great to be able to listen to somebody different. And I would say amen. And I enjoyed worshiping with you guys last week and just participating. But it's this one question, right? But Mickey... Can I change people? Like if relationships matter, what about the people that I really love, but they just, they're not real good for me? Could God be like, use me to change them? Is it my responsibility to change them? Can I change them? Like what's my role in the relationships that matter to me? And how do I determine where that line is? And so, can I sum it up in one simple question? Can I change people? And I know most of you thinking, oh, I know pastor's answer on this. Well, you may want to be careful, because you may not know. Because you would think I would say no. Like, it's not your job to change people. But you know what? Studying God's Word, and I'm going to show you today. I need you to listen, and listen to the whole thing. Because if not, you're going to leave here like, I'm going to just, I'm going to give you God's word because I truly believe that God not only wants people to change, but I believe he wants to use you to bring about that change in people. Now, do I think that, that just real quick rabbit trail, because I see so many students down here and like, am I telling you to, you know, to go date somebody that's totally opposite of where you are as far as your spiritual life, because your job is to change them. No, I am not saying that. Like, like I, you know, no. No, 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 no. All right, everybody clear on that. But what I am telling you is, by the way that you live your life and the things that God's called you to, you may find yourself as a fruit of obedience, seeing people that are in your life that make a change because of what's in your life and what they see. So people around you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, you have this stuff that, that the way you live your life, it'll cause things to happen in other people's life. In fact, I was reading and studying and really excited about this message because a, a person I've been able to actually go and listen to speak a couple of times, it's really always a, a pleasure. He's kind of the guru when it comes to leadership and his name's John Maxwell. And he talks about four seasons of change. And I actually want to share that with you, but I want to give you some scriptural background to it because it's something that kind of hit me because I told you at the beginning of the year, for some reason, the word of this year for me is just change. 
Like, I just feel like God's in the middle of doing something. Like, he wants to change you. He wants to change me. He wants to change us. And he wants to change them. It's like, but you're going to be a part of that. And one of the things that he talks about, and if you're taking notes, you may want to write these things down. But he basically says there's four seasons. There's four seasons in which everybody will normally experience change. And I'm like, I'm in Tennessee. Like, I, you know, like last week was summer. This week it almost snowed. You know what I'm saying? And tomorrow is spring. You know, I understand change. Like, it changes quickly. But he said there's four seasons. And the first one that, that, that I wrote down is he said, people will change when they hurt enough that they have to. Are you listening? Most people will change, but there's four seasons in, in their life that usually have to hit, and this is what normally will bring about change. And the first one is, is when they hurt enough that they have to. If you'll remember, and you're going to see these in the messages that we did during this series, but a few weeks back, it's actually when we did Dreamers Conference, and I had my mother up on stage with me, and she was kind of telling her side of the story that was our life. And it hit a point where it's like, I hurt too bad that I, like something has to change. Scripture speaking, if you want to know what your role is in this, it's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, starting chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. If you have a paper Bible, underline the word all. Because I think it's important. He did not just some afflictions, not just the ones that can lead to in all afflictions. He is a comforter. But then he tells you why. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So I, I want you to know this first season, there is something, in, and it's not the one I want to dwell on today, but there is a role that you can play. I do believe that God can use you, God can use me if we will lean into Jesus to bring about change in other people's lives. Not that we jump into relationships because we're gonna be missionaries and fix everybody. No, you ain't called to fix everybody. You're not called to be anybody's savior. That, that role's already been done. Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. He doesn't need you to be the savior. Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. You don't have to play that role. But you can play a role in the way you live that they will see something and be like, okay. And one of the things that will happen is, is when they're hurting, if you can come about and, and bring comfort, then it'll bring about change. The second season, the second season in which people normally have is when they learn enough that they want to. Like, like they get to a point in life where they, they learn enough that they, they want to change. That's the reason why I want you to be in growth track so bad. Like, I'm just telling you, if, if you've not been growth, through growth track, if you'll just come to growth track and listen, it, it's Bible study, and learn. If you'll be a part of a community group and get with some people and just learn. See, when you learn, you, you have this amazing concept because you gain knowledge, and then you have to decide, am I going to be wise or unwise? Because wisdom is the way we apply knowledge. Some people, they don't have a problem with wisdom. They just don't have any knowledge. And then other people have a whole lot of knowledge. They're just not wise. They don't apply it. 
But I think that some people will have change in their life, and the reason why they have change in their life is because they learn something and they go, you know what? If that's true, then I want to do this. Can I share with you one of my favorite verses? It's in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. And let me just read it. You're going to see an a, a NIV. Let me, let me read it from there. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. The ESV says the same thing, but a little bit different. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Both of them are the same concept, but what it's talking about is at some point in life, we got to move past just the elementary teaching of who Jesus Christ was. He died on a cross to save me from my sins. That's enough for salvation. But that's not the end game to discipleship and move forward in maturity. If, if you were to back up and read in Hebrews, he's talking about for some of them, you don't need food. You, you need to learn to get off milk. He's relating to people as like babies. He's talking about that this life, there, there's a maturing process. And most people struggle because they never learn anything to be able to move forward. This is the reason why I, on a regular basis, am telling you, get into God's Word. You say, Miggy, I don't know how. Well, congratulations. That makes you normal. Nobody was born with the ability to know how to get into God's Word. I would tell you to go to the YouVersion app. They have different little things you can pull up. Or you can do what me and my wife do. We, she does She Reads Truth. I do He Reads Truth. Why? Because as a pastor, do you know what I need to make sure I get into God's Word on a regular basis? I need a plan. But like my regular, I, I try to spend about 20 to 30 minutes. You say, oh, is, is that how you prepare for a message? No, 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 no. That's totally different. And so, but I got to have a plan. Most of you, it's not that you don't have a desire to be in God's Word. It's not that it doesn't apply to your life or that you have a hard time understanding it. The bottom line is you just, you just don't have a plan. You say, Mickey, prove it. Okay, I'll prove it very quickly. Most of us went through education, and it's amazing how we went from kindergarten to graduating high school, and we don't know how we really learned all the things we did, but the bottom line is there was somebody that was smarter than us that had a plan. They said, hey, in kindergarten, we're going to start introducing letters and colors and different shapes. And in first grade, we're going to start introducing these smaller books and learning to read sight words. And then in third and fourth grade, we're going to teach them how to read phonics and have spelling words. And, and you just did what you were supposed to do, and you were learning. But it's one of those things that you, you have to, it's an effort. And if you think about everything that it took for you to become educated going to school five days out of the week, is it okay to, to say, okay, if, if I spend one hour a week in a worship service for 30 years, that may not be enough for me to truly move forward in maturity. So listen to me. If you want to help bring about change in other people around you or some relationships that really mean something to you, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you, you have the answer, you just don't know what it is. Like, like you already have the answer, you just, you're struggling with working the problem. My, my favorite, favorite thing I ever did in school was I, I loved geometry and, and those proof problems. 
where they would give you this thing and you had to try to figure it out like it's an it's a angle side angle. I was like, once I figured it out, like once I got it, I was like, I was loving it. I was like, give me some more of them. You know, and I love trying to figure all these things out. Why? Because the right angle and the cross from the right angle. Like, I still remember a little bit of it. You say, how much do you use that in your life? That's a totally different subject, all right? But I remember doing these proofs and figuring these things out, and it's like, okay, once I knew how to recognize what the problem was, then I could start to get the right answer. Not being in God's Word on a regular basis is literally like trying to solve math, but like nobody's ever even told you how to add. Listen to me. There are people that you know what they want from you. They want you to prove that it's real. They just need to know, is it real? Is it really life-changing? Does he really love me? They want to learn from you. And when they learn the truth, the truth will set them free. You know what that means? They'll want to. They'll want to help. They'll want to get plugged in. They'll want to move forward. That's the second season. Not even the one I want to dwell on. The third season, all right, is, is another area. So the first season was just to remind you, they hurt enough that they have to. Then they learn enough so that they want to. Well, the second season is they gain or receive enough that they're able to. Some people will change when they hit this season. In other words, they're wanting to do some things. They just, they just don't know how. And so they receive enough that now they're able to do something a little bit different. We see this a lot, especially as couples are, are young married and then they're moving forward. And they're like, well, I'd like to have change in my life. I would like to one day own a house. I'd like to be debt free. I'd like to move forward and be generous in the things that I do. I'd like to do all these different things. I'd like to provide for my children. I'd like to allow them to go to these band camps or these wrestling camps or these sports camps. I would like to be able to provide these different. And you say, well, I, I just can't do that. I can't provide those things. But then something happens and you have this this blessing that's on your life and you've received something and because you've received something, now you're able to do something. What it reminded me of, and you're not gonna see the scripture, is, is the slave that was indebted to the, to the king. He was forgiven of all of his debts, but yet he went to a former or another slave that owed him just a little bit and he was like, no, you give me everything you owe me. And, and when this king heard about it, he he said, you wicked slave. He cast him out. It's the aspect of forgiveness. Listen to me. You have received forgiveness. And that allows you to what? Freely give forgiveness. You're able. Please hear me. Listen to me. You are able to move forward in your relationships. But that's not even the season that I wanted to focus on. The last one is where I think we're sitting. All of that was just the introduction. You're welcome. Here's the key that I was like, oh my goodness. This fourth season, I was like, mm, now that is good. That, like, I, like this is really good. Are you ready? So the first one is you heard enough that you have to. 
You learn enough that you want to. You receive enough that you're able to. And then there's this last one. You see enough that you're inspired to. You see enough that you're inspired to. And I thought, oh, now that's God's church. Like we have the ability when people are hurting to, to provide comfort. We have the, people, the, the ability when people are, are wanting to know that we have the truth that people can learn and, and they can start to, to do something with what they're learning. We even have the ability to, to freely give and to be generous and to, to help people, to allow them to, to be able to bring about change in their life because they just need a hand up. All right, and just pulled forward. But then there was this last one. Where it's like, you know, if you want to see people, people change, the area that I think you'll see them change the quickest is when they see something and they're inspired to change. And it made me start thinking, if relationships matter and God wants to use us to bring about change, how, how do we do that? Like, like, Mickey, if you come with me, I don't look at my life as being very inspiring. Well, you may be surprised. But the bottom line is this. God has a way of using your life to be an inspiration to other people's lives that will bring about change. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. If you were to think about relationships, I think there's three things that you need to have to really to have relationships. And that's really what I want to give you today. It's how you can, can have these things in your life and it'll help you become an inspiration or to inspire people to bring about change in theirs. In, in relationships, it starts with trust, right? And that's not one of the things. But if we were to look, like if this table was trust, then, then there's three legs, not four legs, because sometimes you can bust out one of them legs on a four-legged table and it still kind of stands. It's wobbly. But it, I'm, I'm going to give you three legs, because if you lose a leg on a three leg, it's done. It, it's falling over. I think there's three things that, that have the, the stance of what trust is. First thing, write this down. You got to have generosity. In fact, here's the way I wrote it in my notes. Generosity is the giving up of resources for the whole. Like, if you want to have relationships with people that truly will bring about change, then you have to bring into that relationship an aspect of generosity. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. The second thing, the second thing you need to bring is humility. And here's the way I wrote it. Giving up your own importance, position, and power. If I wanna bring something into a relationship that's gonna help to build the trust, not only do I have to have generosity, in other words, I'm, it's not just about what I want, it's about what we need, but I also have to have the aspect of humility. In other words, it's not about my importance or my power or, or what I can do. It's about having humility and serving the other people that are around that table. And then the last leg that I think is the crutch to trust is the aspect of integrity. And here's the way I defined it. Truthfulness so that others can depend on your character. If any of those three are missing, then the trust gets a little bit off and tilts and falls. And when there's no trust, there's no relationship. We're finishing February, relationship month, relationships matter. Listen to me. Most people struggle in their relationships because of a lack of integrity in a person that's in the relationship more than anything else. 
They simply cannot trust it. Men, I'm going to talk to you. It applies to ladies, but I have enough respect for the ladies that I'm only going to talk to the men. One of the reasons why you struggle in some of your relationships is not because she doesn't love you, not because she doesn't want to be with you. The bottom line is she just don't trust you. You say, well, why doesn't she trust me? I've always come home because she needs something more than you just showing up at the door. She wants you to have exceptional character that she knows she can trust you even when she's not there. That you're the same person on Friday night as you are on Sunday morning sitting in the pew. Like when we live a double life and we pray and we talk about things that are holy, but then we go and live like we can do whatever we want to because we're forgiven. You can do that. But what ends up happening is there's a struggle because of what they see. And what they see can inspire or it can also deny. So can I encourage everybody in the room, especially men, be a person of integrity and character. In fact, here's what I wrote down for these three things. When it comes to generosity, write this in your notes. This is good stuff right here. Generosity is the fuel for change. Generosity is the fuel for change. Like like when you're wanting to bring about change, I want you to know the fuel What will drive that is generosity. In fact, here's the way I wrote it in my notes. Are you ready? Generosity is the fuel of transformation. It is the opposite of selfishness. And then listen to Proverbs. Proverbs 11, 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Like I'm telling you, when it comes to being a game changer and bringing about change in other people's lives. Not that it's our responsibility to change them, but I'm just one of these persons that believe that having a relationship with Jesus and being obedient to Jesus can be contagious and bring about change in other people's lives. You say, Mickey, what makes you say that? Because other people that were obedient to Jesus and had Jesus in their life changed mine. Don't mishear me. Jesus And me accepting him as my Lord and Savior is what brought about the ultimate change. But I was inspired by what I saw in other people. I got one gentleman, I actually talked to him this week, and I was laughing, and and he called me. He said, hey, I just want to check on you. I hadn't talked to you in a while. And I said, man, you always call me at the times where I've been thinking about you, and I hate it, because now i got to say something good about you. And he laughed, and he said, well, what did I do this time? And I said, I'm preparing a message talking about inspiring people to bring about change. And he's actually one of our overseers. His name is Nicky McCreary, and he was my youth pastor growing up. Yes, he's still living. All of you guys, shame on you for for belittling me and him that way, all right? But he's still living, and uh, it's one of those things. It's only been 35 years since I was in student ministry as a teenager. But he's pastoring a church in Statesboro, Georgia, and is doing great. But I just like, dude, I just need to let you know, like, You brought about godly change in my life because you let me know that loving Jesus was real. Let me tell you what he did. He was my youth pastor, right? So we had these amazing worship services on Wednesday night. Yeah, I didn't like those. Sorry, Pastor Chad. But but I, I just different. You know what he did? He was an Alabama fan. Yeah, I didn't like that either. 
I know some of you are Alabama fans listening. We pray for you on a regular basis. It's okay. He called me one day, and you know what he asked me? He asked me if I want to go fishing. Can you believe that? I was like, you work at a church. You don't know how to fish. Yeah, like I had this idea of like, you know, like if you love Jesus, you're like, I don't really know how to do anything. I'm not athletic. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I just sit around and read my Bible, and I'm kind of goofy. Not saying that's the truth. I'm just telling you, confessions of the not so rich and famous here. That was my thoughts. And we went fishing. And we caught fish. He said, hey, you want want to come over tomorrow and eat breakfast? Amanda's going to make some biscuits and gravy. And I was like, man, I I don't know why I'm saying yes, but I I actually want to do that. And my poor mother's thinking, like, what in the world is going on? And I just started hanging out with him. Hey, Saturday, at the time I was a Georgia fan. I grew up a huge Georgia fan. Uh, My dad was was kind of an obnoxious Tennessee fan, not that we ever know anybody like that, right? And, uh, but my dad, because that, I was like, I'm, I just, like, who do you root for? I was like, I don't, I want to root whoever's against them. And they're like, well, right now it's 1980, right? And Georgia was really, I'm like, I, I want to root for Georgia. Why? Because I just going to look at my dad and be like, ha And you say, well, do you still root for Georgia? I accepted Jesus, turned from my wicked ways, and I don't root for them anymore. But it's one of those things that you got to laugh, people. You got to laugh. It's, it's, it, it's good for the soul. But it's one of those things that, that I remember Nikki saying, hey, George is playing Alabama. You want to come watch a game? And again, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I do, but I don't know why. Like, why am I wanting to go hang out with this 30-year-old married man that has two daughters? But I did. I wanted to. I was like, yeah, I want to go. Even though I had so many other people that wanted to do stuff, they're like, hey, Nikki, you want to go? I'm like, no, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm going over to my youth pastor's house to watch a football game. And they're like, you're doing what? I was like, I don't know. I don't understand. But there's something that he has, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And the root of it, though it fueled it, was this aspect of generosity. I realized he was the first person in my life that didn't have to, but wanted to, that I knew that when I was around him, he would never belittle me to gain something for himself. He was, hey, you want another biscuit? Well, no, you hadn't eaten a biscuit yet. Well, I can get a biscuit later. Do you want another biscuit? Well, yeah, I'd like another biscuit. Hey, hey, listen, this fishing spot right here, man, I've caught a lot of fish right here. All right, well, I'll, I'll go down here a little bit. No, 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 no. I, I want you to fish in the good spot. I'll go down there. And guess what? There was some good fish in there. I still remember it. I caught two smallmouth bass that weighed about two pounds out of that little honey hole that was in that creek that we laughed because I was like, to this day, I don't know if anybody's ever caught a, a bass out of, out of this little creek that was behind Mount Juliet High School. Like, we didn't even know they were, I mean, we were thought they were going to be like brim. But he was like, no, no, you fish in here. Listen to me. Let me read it again. Generosity is the fuel for transformation. It's the opposite of selfishness. Proverbs says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I'm going to handle this very carefully. 
But that's the reason why we take time every week to give you an opportunity to be generous. It's not because of something that we want from you. It's something we want for you. Because you've got to learn to be generous. Because if you're not generous, then the opposite is you are selfish. And there's not a lot of relationships that go far that's based on selfishness. The second thing that I gave you, the second thing that I gave you was humility. Humility is the spirit of transformation. If generosity is the fuel, then the spirit that's like, woohoo, that's gonna hold it is humility. And let me tell you the reason why I wrote this down. Humility is the spirit of transformation. It's the opposite of pride. And then listen to Proverbs 11.2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Listen, if you want to bring about change, what's going to fuel it is generosity, not being selfish. But the spirit behind it, the spirit behind it is humility and not pride. You say, Wiggy, how does that look in, in 2023? Well, you ever seen somebody that, that, that like God's doing something in somebody's life and all of a sudden they're like, man, look at what I'm doing. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I may be using you, but don't confuse being the vessel as being the power. You know, I, I use different things around the house to clean up the house. They're called children. <laughs> yeah, amen? <laughs> and in order to make their job easier, we've got power things to help them clean the house, right? <laughs> that's, that's funny. That is, I'm sorry. I, I, this is what happens when you allow me to stay out late on a Saturday. But, uh, but it's one of those things that, listen to me, they can grab that vacuum and be bebopping all over the house and ain't nothing happening. Until they plug it up. But could you imagine me walking in and, and there's, you know, Addison and she just got the vacuum and she's just like, I'm vacuuming the house. And I'm like, that ain't on. <laughs> like, like, she may be cute, but she ain't real smart. Like, I don't know what we, like, like man, that, like she is going to work herself to death. I that is so silly, but I think that's the aspect of where we get sometimes when it comes to our relationships. We want God to move, but, but our issue is not that God wants to move. The issue is, is that we, we have a credit issue. We want God to do something amazing so that we can say, look at what we did. And God's saying, that's not how it works. The spirit behind change is humility. It's amazing what will happen in relationships and people's lives when nobody's ready to take the credit, but everybody's ready for the change. I'm going to chase another quick rabbit, and I'm going to be very quick with this one because this one could really get me in trouble, in which my wife loves it when I started out like that. But with all these revivals that are happening on college campuses, you know what's really burning me up a little bit? Is some churches are having a a disgruntled view of the revivals and the, what, what's driving it is the fact that they just upset that it ain't happening at their church. They're jealous. 
Because for these things to be true means that we need to look at what we're doing as a church and we gotta ask ourselves, are we doing what God's called us to do so we can experience the same spirit? You say, Mickey, what is, what is your response to it? My response is, yes, Lord, please send it here. We're gonna be obedient. We're gonna be in your word. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray for those revivals. And you know what? Lord, sweep through this whole, like, let's go. You say, well, what if you never get any credit? I never needed credit. I didn't die on a cross. I don't have the ability to raise on the third day. I don't have the ability to create revival. In fact, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if I don't have Christ strengthen me, guess what the opposite of that? I can't do nothing. So the question is, do I want to be able to do all things through Christ or nothing through me? You know what my opinion is? I'd rather do all things. So God, you be God, and I'll just be the servant. That's the spirit that will bring around the change. And then the last thing, the last part I told you was integrity. Listen to how I wrote it. If generosity is the fuel, if humility is the spirit, Integrity is the strength. Integrity is the strength of change. It's the opposite of deceit. Proverbs says it this, this way. This is Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Now, I was like, duplicity? Like, I don't, am I doubling? I don't even know what, that means deceitfulness. So how do you know that? Because I said, hey, Siri, what does duplicity mean? <laughs> and they said, it means deceitfulness. And I was like, oh, okay. Listen to me. People that are going to change in your life, when you are going to change in your life, when change is going to be brought about and God's going to choose to use you, it will be strengthened by your integrity. Because if you try to do things because of something that you want out of it, then that's just deceitful. Do you know the reason why some churches are not seeing a renewing and seeing God sweeping through and, and seeing people come to know Jesus? It's because everybody thinks it's a shell game. Hey, come to my church and hey, hey, oh, whoo, hey, you accepted Jesus. Woohoo, we're going to put it in our numbers. We're going to advertise it to everybody. Come to our church because we baptized 733,333. And God's going, wait a minute. Are you wanting people to know Jesus because of the change that will happen in their life or because of something that you want in yours? See, the, the word we're talking about, again, is, is integrity. Listen to me. I promise. I promise. If you'll put these three things in your life, you're going to be amazed at how much the trust in the relationships that you have is gained. When people know that, that you're not out just for yourself, but you're actually gonna put their needs in front of yours, we call that word generosity. Guess what? It builds trust. When people know that, that you're not gonna make it about yourself, and you're not gonna be prideful and arrogant, we call the word humility, guess what? It's gonna strengthen that relationship. But then when there's integrity... The integrity in a relationship means that even when things come under attack, 
your integrity and who you are and what you've been called to do and the way that you do things will trump the other things and it'll allow you to keep standing on this thing called trust and God's gonna use it to bring about change. So can I go back to the question I asked at the very beginning? Mickey, do you, do you think that, that I can change people? I think that's the wrong question. I think you can do anything through Jesus. I think you can bring about change. I think you can bring about restoration. I think you can bring about being inspiring. I think you can be about comforting. I think you can be about loving. I think you can be about restoration and and bringing things back together. I think that you have relationships in your life that you thought were never gonna be restored and God's up there just saying, I'm just waiting on you. I'm just waiting on you to realize that I have the ability to restore all things. If you really want it, I'm willing to do it if you'll just learn to be obedient. And I think that's where we're sitting. So do relationships matter? Oh, yes, they do. And the greatest is your relationship with Christ first. And then the way that you demonstrate that to others. This year, let's bring about change. Let's have these things in our lives that that we can see in God's word that's gonna help to bring about change, not just in our own lives, but also in other people's lives around us. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.